Hello, everyone, and welcome to Middle of the Road, the podcast. Uh, today we are doing a bonus episode uh, for season three of the Netflix drama Stranger Things. Um, if you can tell, even though I'm trying to do my best Zach impersonation, um, I am not Zach. I am John. You're um, not dragging your words as much. I, do, does it have? Do I have to like? emphasize that a little bit more all right (laughs) no um this was a choice to do because i was writing up um my annual riverdale hate watch for the website and which you can check out on the website and in it it actually became yeah it morphed into a double review of both Stranger Things and Riverdale because the entire time I was watching Riverdale, I just wanted to go back and watch Stranger Things. And then I thought to myself, I just want to talk about this with my co-hosts slash co-anchors slash co-workers, colleagues, whatever. So I am joined by Ben and Lauren. Uh, Zach is not with us because he is not a Stranger Things fan. He or doesn't we... like fun things, not even Stranger Things. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we just decided to count him out. Um, I don't even think he's seen season two or season three. I don't think so. Gotcha. Or he I'm not. Might have seen two. Gotcha. But I mean, I just I, don't, I, I, mean, I stopped listening when he said that uh, <laughs> Munona Ryder is like terrible. So I just I, I couldn't. He just doesn't like hysterical women. <laughs> Or women. Um, oh! <laughs> no, but so, before we get into season three, uh, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how everyone liked the previous seasons and sort of how they would rank them. So, I guess let's go to Ben. So, I remember uh, the first time I saw... A trailer for Stranger Things. I knew I was gonna really like it. I was so excited. Uh, and the day the day it released, I got home at probably like eight thirty at night, and I binged the entire thing in one sitting. The first season, I just I couldn't stop. Like I, I'm a big fan of like that you know that eighties aesthetic coming of age story, and I love Stephen King horror. And this is kind of a melding of the two. It's just my it's my jam. Uh, season two wasn't quite as impressive as season one, although I still really enjoyed it, and I think it did some great stuff building up other characters who, uh, didn't get a chance in the spotlight the first season. Um, I think Stranger Things as a whole has some of the best character development in any show I've seen, and... Overall, I'm just a huge fan of the show. It's probably in my top, as of now, in my top five TV series of all time. Lauren. Uh, yeah, I can agree with a lot of that. I don't know where I'd rank it as my all favorite, like my all-time favorite TV shows. That feels like a thing I'd have to sit down and think about for a while. But I'll say, like Ben, I made the horrible choice of starting the first season of the show at like. I don't know, 10 o'clock at night or something. (laughs) And then I proceeded to watch the whole season because it was just, I don't know. There's like TV wise, and especially on Netflix at that point, there just wasn't anything like it or nothing too comparable anyway. And so like, I just got so invested. I will say 
I also love a lot of the characters, though I think Jonathan could have a little more character development. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I just loved it. And season two was a small step backwards. I did like it, but I was just kind of bummed that Eleven just got cut out from the rest of the team, you know, and it has the infamously horrible episode. Oh, I was going to say, isn't that your favorite episode? <laughs> but, uh, no. But, like, <laughs> so, like, if I were to rank all three seasons now, I'd have season three would actually be my favorite, then season one, then season two. And we can get into why. I would agree after with you that ranking. Your stuff, John. I would agree with that ranking, too. Yeah, I, yeah, so we are all in agreement, so this will either be an awesome episode or a really boring one, but yeah, like, that exact sequence, too, I think, I didn't mind season two as much as a lot of people, like, yeah, it had the L goes on an, like, L backstory episode, which was kind of disruptive to that story, to the other storylines that were happening, um, but I liked aspects of it with, um, I think, looking at the relationship between Elle and Hopper as now like father and daughter and like sort of mm-hmm. all his fear now trying to protect her and keep her safe. Um, and then I also think Noah Schnapp in season two, I mean, he was, he was gone for a majority of season one. So like season two, they really had to give him something to do, I think. And I think they did. And I think he it did just, it very well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he played like this in between of like uh, someone who's like, constantly afraid because of this malevolent force that only he has a connection to but then at times Mm -hmm. because he's possessed like lets him take over sort of and like I don't know there were times during some of the ending parts of that season where like he was terrifying like I've -hmm. I've never seen The Exorcist or anything like that or any of those like the new kind of like possession films like The Haunting or The Conjuring or that kind of stuff but um, he was truly terrifying in those scenes um yeah yeah and season two also gets a big hand for giving us um the dustin plus steve relationship this is true too yeah (laughs) one of my all-time favorite relationships on a show it's so good yeah the way steve goes from being like kind of a cursory character to a character that has so much development um Mm -hmm. and especially in this season is is, like you really got to hand it to um the writers mm-hmm. um yeah, he's easily my favorite character well and i think i think that's and i mentioned the character development in in, in this show because it, it does such a great job because steve you know when you first meet him you kind of hate him like he's an yeah. asshole and then they slowly yeah, he, was a, he was kind of a stereotype for a lot of it and then they slowly peel back those layers and you kind of learn about him and now it's like if he dies we riot kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I think Stranger Things season three has a character not. I don't think I. I I'm not going to say that character is as beloved as Steve, but I think it has a character with a similar trajectory, even more um, extreme. I would say that it was hinted at in the end of season two. Yeah, and I think well, um, they... the shadow monster. Yeah, <laughs> um... <laughs> he's not really a bad guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, there were, one thing I'll also say is I think season three had, and I guess we can jump into season three right now. Um, season three had extraneous characters that I think really worked. Whereas season two, I really wasn't quite sure why Billy or Max were there. 
Um, yeah. And I think now I now I'm like I'm really glad that Billy and Max joined the gang um, or the cast in season two because they've got uh, they've got through lines in season three, both of them individually that are really compelling and really fun to watch too. So I'm glad that they uh, that they were a part of it. So let's yeah let's just go into season three then as well. Uh, let's talk about. Well, I guess like, we talked about overall thoughts. Um, we're jumping in with spoilers then. I yeah. Let, okay. Well, yeah, because I guess we've ranked it according to. We ranked it, but we didn't do an umbrella, loose explanation of why we like this season the most. So we can either do that or just go into. Spoilers. Do you want? Let's let's do the the I I will defer to you, Lauren. Let's do the umbrella. Uh, explanation before we get into spoilers so for you like what was what were some of the things that made you like it the most out of all the seasons okay i'll say the first 10 or 10 minutes of this episode like season or season three episode one i was super worried because it starts out with a lot of cgi yeah and you were texting me all that too. yeah and i was just (laughs) like oh no first of all i don't want it to be this show with a ton of that and like and we probably just blew the entire CGI budget. Luckily, that was not the case. And the monster of this season looks amazing. But um, so it was that. And then it panned out to Russia. And I got super upset because I didn't want the show to become this thing where we were like, it was like a world thing happening now. Like, I don't want the Reds to be in this, guys. But then, like, luckily, the season won me over because it did keep it kept the small town feel to it. Like, big, crazy chaos in a small town. And it worked really well. And it's very and, like that that 80s kind of, you know, like that the kids are stopping these like big bad mm-hmm. criminals. Like, and it just, it, it works so well. And, and then, it gave us Alexi. Who and it is also my gave favorite us, character. <laughs> it also gave us this silent, but like kind of almost silent, but stern, like the big bad Russian who was basically. The Terminator. Like, yeah, it was Arnie. It was great. Um, and then my final complaint of the last 10 or t- first 10 minutes. Was just that, like, I don't care about Mike and Eleven at all, nor do I want to watch them, or not, like, together. I don't care about their coupling, and I don't want to watch them make out a lot, or at all. But it's like, luckily, that died down, and, like, and just, I got to appreciate the rest of the episode once, like, that subsided, because it brought this kind of, we'd had comedy in the show before, obviously, but there was a certain levity to this, or like everything, just a happiness. Like we got to see Eleven smiling for once and she just got to be friends with Max and it was just so great. So I appreciated the happiness that Eleven got to be a, like have a whole new aspect to her character. And um, so I love the comedy. I love all the Dustin, uh, Robin, Steve stuff. And then I just loved how hard this show like this season went into horror like there's a scene and i think it's maybe episode five four or five where they're where they're in a hospital and it's like oh this got this is intense horror now. Yeah. like my my mother-in-law actually had to stop watching the show because it scared her too much but <laughs> it's like i loved it so much it's just a great season and i do have co- some complaints about it but we can get into that later ben before before i have you give your thoughts lauren did you listen to the uh i hi bye episode about this Yes, I did. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Um, ben, your thoughts on season three? Um, I just I think it it's it doesn't do anything like more like it do, it doesn't do anything better than the previous seasons, but I think it just gives us more of what I love about Stranger Things. Like it it tunes up the eighties aesthetic. We've got that 
the setting at the mall where it's like, you know, teens hanging out at the mall that, that you know, doesn't yeah, matter how anything, old you are. That's a nostalgia it, kind of feeling. Yeah, if there's anything it anyone. did do more, it was just upping the references in the Memberberry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a good reference, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it, it does increase the horror as well. That That is, um, and I appreciated that. I do like the scary stuff in Stranger Things. Uh, I also think it did such a great job at subverting expectations in a few different ways. Like, one I can't get into Mm -hmm. uh, without going into spoilers, but one I can is, like, like when Eleven was split up from most of the group in Season 2, that was kind of a bummer. But in Season 3, the main group is usually split up through most of the season. And each of these individual groups is just as strong, though. Like, there's never... There's never any group where I'm like, oh, can we just go back to the other? It's Each one is fantastic. I mean, Joyce and Hopper are amazing together. Dustin, Steve, and uh, Robin, who... Maya Hawk, amazing, by the way. Uh, that group is fantastic. Um, I, and I love that they gave characters from the previous seasons more to do this time. Maxine and Billy got more to do. Uh, Lucas's sister. Erica. Uh, Erica, yes, fantastic. How as can well. you forget that name? Can't, yeah, um. <laughs> can't spell America without Erica. Without Erica, yeah, um. yeah. I was so happy. That was one of the things in the beginning of the season, the first ten minutes. We had Erica. It's like that was the one saving grace right there. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like the the writers kind of looked at the show and were like, oh, these are the things people like. Let's just continue throwing more of that out there, and it works wonderfully. So, I mean, I just, it's not, it doesn't change the game. It just builds upon it to a spectacular level. Yeah, and one thing I think I mentioned, if I can refer to my Riverdale Stranger Things uh, dual review, again, middleofroad.com, um, I think one thing that the show has going for it that makes it, like, more conducive to writing multiple storylines with multiple characters and having it still remain really... Uh, convincing and compelling is the fact that we're getting this entire story at once so there's i imagine with writing something that a series that's not as serialized though it's easier to chase plot lines and threads and then figure out where you're going to have them converge or overlap or that kind of thing and so one of the things that was terrible about riverdale is just like shit was happening all the time and i could never follow anything um and they were always upping the ante but it was just what's the use in upping the ante if you can't follow the stakes at all so um one thing that i think is so strange about stranger things is that i think from our generation um there's stuff i remember from the 80s like movies that i've seen such as like beverly hills cop or even mannequin do you guys remember mannequin no. I did not see that one. Um, it was about a mannequin that comes to life and like falls in love and stuff like that, and it's really cheesy. Um, but it's like one of the like '80s movies that I remember so fondly. Um, but uh, there, there's just an aesthetic to that time that I'm not sure if any show beyond Stranger Things has captured so well, and not in like a not in a cheap referential way, like. If you want to see something that does, like, cheap references, watch Riverdale. Like, every everything that this show does to pay homage, homage to something else is, like, so fun and so enjoyable. Um, and 
I think one thing that I loved was the aesthetic of this. Like, enter the era of, like, big town malls, like, in mm-hmm. this time in small-time America, and just, like, the bright neon colors and, like, the, like, synth-pop music and that kind of thing. Like, everything was just so, like, right on cue with this era. Yeah. And I was so jealous of Lucas's hat game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there There's a great comment about, uh, that the, uh, that the host of I Hi Bye Lie, uh, made that, uh, like, all the clothes in this show, like, would be just as fashionable, like, now as they were then. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's such a fun watch. And, like we said, like, the plot lines, like, they all remain so distinct and separate for a long time, but they're all, like, really enjoyable. So, Yeah, I was kind of annoyed with it, just in the sense that it's, like, all this stuff is happening, and you have, like, the chief of police or the sheriff or whatever he's involved with it so it's like why wouldn't you immediately to go to him with all this stuff it's like you've been through three two seasons of just chaos you guys need to come together right away but then we wouldn't it would have been like we wouldn't have gotten what we did get if well, they had done that yeah so. and i mean that's kind of like i guess their stick too right like let's have, have yeah. everything happen like separate and then come together for the big culmination um but i will say also like i think they gave like a very like the plot line surrounding with Hop and Joyce or whatever, I think they created that plot line very like, excuse me, organically. So it made sense of like, yeah, we could try to go for the chief of police, mm-hmm. but we literally haven't been able to get in touch with him for like, for however long. So, and I will say I was a little disappointed with Hopper this season, just because for starters he doesn't necessarily like believe Joyce right away, even though they've been through so much. And like there was just. I don't know what it was. He has this, maybe not possessiveness to him over her, but just their relationship. I love, like, the first episode's great, and they have a great dynamic, but then he's also, like, this, not domineering, that that sounds too harsh. But he's, like, super jealous. Yeah, and it's just not a great look at him, so, on him, and he spends just so much of the season yelling, and it's like, calm down, Hopper, it'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> and he I- shares the same, the same level of, uh, level of love for... Eleven and Mike's relationship. Yeah, there's a there was a lot of <laughs> comparison between like Hopper and Mike. It's like I didn't like how they were towards the women in their lives so, a lot of the time. Yeah, but. I think and I but I think this this show also like sh- like acts as like with or t- like shows that with a critical eye. So like it's very <laughs> obvious that like how Hop is treating Joyce, even though like he feels jilted or like mm-hmm. rebuffed by, um, rebuffed of his advances. Like, like it's clearly not appropriate and not right. And it does create yeah. some hilarious tension, um, which we'll talk about in spoilers too. But um, same and same thing with Mike too. I think the show does a good job of. Like, sympathizing with Mike because, yeah, he does care about her a lot, but also being like, dude, like, there's a sense of, like, how you approach a relationship that you need to be more empathetic towards the other person Mm -hmm. as well, or more in in tuned with their feelings or emotions. So, the show... Yeah, and what, there was a lot later that Eleven says. Spoilers! 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 Their relationship. Just, like, she, like, about, like, how he needs to trust her, or that kind of thing. Well, Um, that, and it was just some... I don't know. I would have to look it up. Never mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it looks like we are 
all across the board uh big advocates for stranger things so um before we get into spoilers you should probably pause the episode go binge watch the third season or all of them if you haven't seen any of them and then join us for spoilers So I think one of the things that was really cool about this season was also, and I mentioned this in the article, a lot of you had your you had your con- big conflict with the Russians and the Mind Flayer, but mm-hmm. beneath all of that, you had all these like sort of internal tensions or like internal like like conflicts. will coming like will coming to terms with everyone else is kind of growing up and not wanting to play the same games he I wants to. I felt so bad for Will this season. Yeah. And that, but that's, not that I did in every of, other season. It's but. that loss of childhood innocence and that loss of well I mean just that that he's growing up the whole group is. I think it's and it's done so well. Um Yeah, and it's like if you think about what he's been through, he's missed a large like exactly. large, large swaths of his childhood. So it's like it's hard to get those back and he's like stuck where it's like no i still want to do all this stuff but everyone else has matured past where he has and it's just it's so sad to watch him try to cling to this childhood where things are just like structured and exactly what he knows them to be and all the stuff i watching him it was that watching him destroy fort byers broke my heart that was yeah he definitely i was glad he got some stuff but it was a shame that a lot of his stuff was basically just spider sense this season yeah that's true just (laughs) grabbed the back of his neck and that was his extent of like input to the episodes this is true i will say though like watching him like fully break down in that like in those closing scenes when he was saying goodbye to everyone or even like tearing up as he's driving Mm -hmm. away and looking out the window like oh my gosh so much like so much emotion and empathy that this that noah Schnapp snap can convey with just his face and it's just it's mm-hmm. so it's so profound and it's so well done and can we just hit about i know i mentioned it to ben because i i don't think i knew that you'd watched it at the time but like there in one of the early scenes after a fight mike says something to him like it's not my fault you don't like girls so are we supposed to believe that Will is, um, or he's gay? I think is that, that what they were trying to say? Or was it just a, like, that you're just not interested in girls right now? Because they broached it before with, like, bullies calling they, him they, they called him poor, like, bad terms. I think they called him the f word yeah yeah they did and it's like i didn't know if that was just boys being jerks and like belittling someone else in that way or if we're supposed to believe that that is part of his character and it's weird that we don't get to explore that further than this one little outburst well and what is it there's also the mention in season one where uh winona Ryder's talking about her ex-husband and talking about how like lonnie would always also like yeah would always say that about him too like he was a queer or something like that Mm -hmm. i think i think it's kept like a little bit ambiguous but i do think it it may or may not lean that direction because immediately after he says that you see mike get really like sympathetic and really like oh my gosh i'm really sorry like it's a good Mm -hmm. campaign we should keep playing or whatever and so i think it's something that the rest of the D D gang or party are tuned into and mm-hmm. like recognize Maybe, that like yeah and possibly will doesn't even isn't even a hundred percent on it himself 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it would just be, I hope at some point they do actually explore it more if that is the case, because it was just such an odd moment that was like there for a second and then it never came, like, I didn't know if I just read into it or or what. Well, and even, yeah. even if, even if it's not the case, the fact that like they are aware that like when he gets made fun of that fact, it like, it really hurts him. Mm-hmm. And so j- just being aware of his emotional like gauge and temperature or thermometer, like I think it it's still pretty ambiguous at this point but it'd be yeah interesting to see or even the conversation the comment like when uh when jonathan like wakes up late for work in like the first or second season and or first and second episode and is like rushing out the door and will just makes the comment like gross and (laughs) and when i was like i think it's you'll you'll think it's romantic when you fall in love and he's like i'm never gonna fall in love and it's I just love like her re- I love her reaction in that moment. Like she's not at all upset with her son for having a girl sleepover. She's just like, "Oh boys." Yeah. <laughs> it's like this I recognize that this is going to happen and yeah, go for can it. Can I can I take a moment to acknowledge another actor who I think didn't have as much time as some of the main characters but did did a phenomenal job portraying their character and that's uh Dacry Montgomery as uh I'm tr- Billy. Uh, Billy, yeah. I just he's that's a character who I was hoping we would kind of get some sort of mm-hmm. like you would understand why this character. I mean, this character is a bully. He's a jerk. He's done uh, really shitty things. Yeah, he's a racist, abusive brother. And then you he's see, not a great dude. And then you see his life and what it's been like, and the only person he's ever really cared about is gone in his life, and. I think deep down he does care about Max, but he doesn't know how to express it. And his his moment of redemption, that, that last defiant stand against the biggest, arguably the biggest bully in the show is just such a, such a powerful moment. And I think it, it's done so well. Yeah, I felt so manipulated in that moment because it's like I was seriously tearing up for Billy, who's like a garbage person. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, show, why are you doing this to me? I, I would I would say that the back the episode devoted to kind of his backstory and like the re- resolution of that plot line was far more uh far more emotionally satisfying than say like the dip back into L's backstory, I think. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, he did an amazing job both in like just like the physicality of like portraying like someone who's like struggling through like the physical restrictions of like have being possessed and like having the sun beating down like he just looked like he was in a terrible mood all the time or like a terrible state yeah and what was that scene where um 11 had gone into the what she did what she does where she bleeds from the she's, nose and oh that. yeah and she's in like she's in the hat her hat i don't remember where she it was a month ago that i watched this so i don't remember where she was if it was hopper's it was it was hopper's it was hopper's place yeah okay but there's like the scene between them where you actually get to see like billy because a lot of it billy's just not there like you assume he's just like he's been body snatched and it's just a shell of a person but then you see like him kind of tearing up in that scene and you're just like, oh, this is really sad that this is happening to him, even though he's a horrible person. It still sucks. And it's like I I found it really interesting this season that they didn't ever broach the subject of it's like, can these people be saved? 
it kind of threw me off that no one asked that question. They were just like, okay, this shit is happening. It's horrible, and we need to kill it all. Well, and they, they talked about, though, like, because they saw it in the hospital when uh, the, 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 the chief editor of the Hawkins Gazette or whatever, and the one Nick Busey's character, um, who I loved on I Hi Bye Lie. Um, Jake, be, Jake Busey. Jake, Jake Busey, Busey yeah, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah his, his son. They called him the Tooth. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> just cause he would, yeah. Um, the, like, they, it just was so funny to me because like, I know I made, I tweeted about it, but just like, I was sitting there like, are the, is anyone going to try to talk to these people to like reach for the person inside? And then Jonathan just like throat stabs him. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is the route we're going. Okay. When I guess the idea that like, well, they're just going to turn into goop and then just get mm-hmm. absorbed into the mind flare. I know, but they didn't know that was going to happen. Before I forget about, um. Nancy's co-workers. I think that that scene with Nancy talking about that with her mom is really well done as well. Um, yeah, thought- I always bounce between like not liking her mom being there and then also really liking her scenes. Because the whole thing with her and Billy was just creepy and like unnecessary, but... But I, but think, I did appreciate it, her scenes it showed, with Nancy. But it showed how unhappy she was with her marriage, which is really sad. Yeah. But it also showed how how messed up billy is like he and i mean this was before he was really even truly possessed like he was just he was going after those milfs it was like a, um, it was like, but it was like a mrs robinson situation which i think was like also another like homage maybe that they were um that they speaking. were like like making to but i the thing I really liked about that is that it still felt as like as kind of dirty and slimy as it as that whole situation is. It felt really naturalistic and it gave a lot of poignancy in the aforementioned scene that you talked about, Lauren, of like Mrs. Weaver like vocalizing Wheeler. her frustration. Wheeler, excuse me, um, vo- vocalizing her frustrations, but then also like seeing kind of so much like integrity and like so much uh resolution or excuse me uh satisfaction in in her role as a mother like even mm-hmm. if her marriage itself is not satisfying like she's she a will good stick- mother and she will yeah. yeah yeah which is also like a still a sucky situation and maybe also considering considering that time also like pretty commonplace in that time i think they mentioned it maybe in the first or second season like Nancy's like my mom just kind of married my dad because he had a good job like I don't think if they like had were really ever in love and then they just started their old like nuclear family and so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of maybe the late 80s was a deconstruction of like well what do we think about like the American dream or as it's been described to us by like the previous generation um for sure so yeah I, I like I loved Mrs. Wheeler is another case of like how they took like a very tangential character and like use them in a very poignant way that did them a lot of justice i feel like um that one scene lauren where billy's like approaching l like very like malevolently but very like uh very deliberately and he's like very he's very blank stare like he's not like emoting a lot except for like a single tear that goes down his yeah, cheek. yeah that was so like, good um and even just that audio like when they played that audio in the trailer for season three i was just like all right i i need this season like right away <laughs> um 
or even the the scene of him in when they put him in the sauna for the sauna test Mm -hmm. like he like his violence and his intensity and his his rage like it was all completely believable and also truly terrifying like it was akin to the to the will that we saw in season two that was possessed um yeah so yeah i yeah you're right ben dakari mcconaughey did an incredible job this season as yeah and i'm so bummed that we won't get more of him yeah um but also his like like you guys were saying like his redemption arc like it did it did it come off as maybe a little bit too contrite or like cheesy to you guys or was it really satisfying i mean i was satisfied with it it's still like i have to remind myself of the person he was before it all happened but like i don't know i did get emotionally invested in his character and when it like when he was redeemed i was so happy i think it's i think it worked really well because i think it 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 shows that he had the potential to be a good person if set on the right path and it it's this incredibly challenging moment to watch because you know now he's never gonna have that that chance like I'm not saying Steve was anywhere near as bad as Billy, but Steve was kind of a shitbag. And, you know, in two seasons, he's become a genuinely good guy. And I would have loved to see that with Billy, too, you know? But I, but I, I also... But I think the only, the only possible redemption for Billy would be something to atone for all the things he's done would be, like, self-sacrifice or something really meaningful like that. Yeah, like, had his character still stuck around and they had like put him in like a nicer light or something then i would have been like i don't know if i buy into this anymore but because of the way his story ended it was as effective as it was i i wouldn't mind billy showing up like in dreams or flashbacks or something with max hanging out in her black place (laughs) well just yeah just well i would love not with 11 but with max yeah i would love max to, to we'd get to see those moments with her where you can tell she cares about Billy. We don't know why she cares about Billy. Well, I mean, he's kind of all she has family-wise. Like, I'm assuming her mom's a great mom to the extent that she can be, but she's probably very fearful of her husband because exactly. he's a monster. Yeah. So it's like, in she, like she only has so much to grab onto, and if that's what you have, it's what you have. That's true. Just, unfortunately, just like um, uh, Mrs. Wheeler, that same kind mm-hmm. of... I mean, not just like it, but, you know, it's um, staying in a shitty marriage for your kids. Do you Uh, know what? That's that's so interesting that a lot of the marriages that we're observing, whether it's Billy's marriage or Billy's marriage, Billy's uh, dad and and like relationship and Max's mom or like the Wheelers and like not the same dynamic at all, but very much like the... The the lack of emotional, like, weight or apathy or, like, spark. Um, And then versus, like, and then even the relationship, if we can touch on, like, between Joyce and Hop, like, it's almost like a commentary on how misogynistic the time was, even in romantic relationships of the sense of, like, women just weren't really heard or weren't really treated well. Yeah, like, Hopper's the goodest good guy, but he's still, like, kind of shitty in this relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's it, it's interesting that we don't get more time, say, with um, with Lucas's parents, or I guess we don't even know about Dustin's dad, do we? 
No. I don't think so. I think, you know, there's just not enough room in his mom's life for, uh, like, a male person, uh, like, a male with all the cat she loves. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of relationships and Dustin, how about that, you know, Susie saving the day with, uh, the never-ending story. Can we just... Yeah, I've never even seen the never-ending story, but I <laughs> great filmmaking when I see it. That was an incredible moment. I, uh... And it's like, Max, it's like Max Jurassic and... Park is a perfect movie in my eyes, almost. But had I known now, what I know now, that it could have used a musical number in there with a T-Rex chase, it's like, oh, oh it's speaking, so good. Every Jurassic Park, did you guys, did you guys kind of feel like, um... The 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 season kind of play, paid reference to a few of like '90s films. Like I think that that sequence with the mind flare and they're hiding behind the car. Was oh, hundred percent, yeah. Jurassic oh, Park, well, Raptors you, in the yeah. kitchen. Oh, and not even that, but when they the were ho- hiding in one of the stores, and like you could see the like creature behind them, yeah, like, around the corner. It was and, exactly like that kitchen scene. And then even like when Nancy has that face to face with the 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 creature in the hospital. That was very Alien, Alien 3. Like, just yeah. that very, like, close-up. And again, I think that was, like, 90, what, 91? Yeah, so I think It's so. a movie that didn't exist in the 80s, but... So it's they're breaking funny, their like, rules. We don't, but... see the, we don't see the creature use uh, doorknobs, but it doesn't need to, because it can, like, gooify and go under <laughs> them. <laughs> there is... Yeah, there is... I, I totally got those references, too. But then to also, like, talk about those scenes... Lauren, yeah, the the cutaways of like the tense, uh, like the tense, like chase between the monster and the <laughs> yes. car, and like you just watch like Steve and Robin in the back just clutching the like the radio, being like, "What's going on?" And then <laughs> my favorite moment was, and I think this might have been a mistake because I think they did it. T- I think Winona Ryder did this motion twice, and they still kept the like the cuts, but like, but like her, she would. Twice during that sequence, she would just turn to the wall, put her arms up on the wall, and then put her head on the wall in, like, <laughs> big disappointment. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is great. Um, I'm just so glad that Susie actually existed. Yeah. And what a reveal, you know, so too, So many at of the those end, times, right? they reveal that it's no one there or something. It's like, oh, Dustin does have a girlfriend. He's the best. <laughs> Why did he have teeth in the second season and not in the third? That was... I was wondering that too. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if it's like a disease or whatever he has, has something to do with like the firmness of bones and like, like they make a comment at some point that his shoulders weren't like fully formed so he could probably squeeze through. Yeah. I feel like, so I don't know if a lot of that has to do with that and just that maybe he loses teeth later or I don't know. I'd have to look into it. I'm speaking out of without any knowledge. Um, go ahead. Before, we also got to talk about Maya Hawk's Robin, who... Lauren and I were both talking about this, John. I don't think we talked about it with you, but... Lauren is one of, like, three people who texted me about, oh, I hate how they're just, you know, smashing Steve and Robin together because he needs this romantic interest. And then that Like, everyone is coupled so often in this show. It gets annoying. And then that reveal, um... And it's not, it's, it's awkward, but they're still, you know, they're even closer friends now. And I think that is, that's amazing. That was so well done. And I applaud the writers for throwing that in there. 
Yeah, and I love it because Steve, he's like, he has to take in that she's not interested in him at all. And then, like, a second later, he's making fun of her crush. And it was just such a great handling of, like, someone coming out to him. It was just, it loved, it made me love Steve even more. Yeah. And, and I, the sequences before, too, when they're just high as fuck, are also <laughs> amazing. Like, he kept booping. <laughs> boop. With, <laughs> with Back to the Future and all that, too. <laughs> oh my god, if those two people were sitting in a movie next to me, I would murder them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Maya was... I think more so than Max and Billy, she was an amazing inclusion this season. They gave her a lot of emotional weight and a, mm-hmm. a lot of development as like sort of this, this person who kind of has been like ridiculing Steve this entire time, but like actually has like really appreciated his friendship. And then with the whole like, and like ridiculed, like his connection with like the, like, as she says, the children, um, how many children do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then like wants to just as quickly, like be involved and be, um, a part of it. I think, uh, yeah. I think actually now hearing you guys talk about how Steve hears how she's not interested and then also like like you said Lauren like responds right away to like keep things light and fresh and actually like making fun of the girl that's also a great like contrast to the way the older adult males have treated the women in the show too right and it's almost kind of like this cool like commentary that like slowly over time generations and generations we're figuring out how we how we really like banish misogyny and the patriarchy from like our society and how we like just learn to treat each other like human beings i guess and equals um yeah and like steven compares to all these other guys i just love how little ego he has yeah and he went from being like this super super arrogant yeah douchebag to he, he's one of the most genuine and, like, he's so confident in who, in who he is in certain moments with these kids. Like, one of... But, like, they do, they do explore that, like, just, like, he, him even acknowledging who he was and what he thought his life was going to be and where it is now. And it's like, he's not sad that he's not, like, has the perfect thing, like, life that he expected to have at this point. But, like, it's just some detail. Like, they don't go too far into it or anything, but it was just a nice detail to have to just layer in a little bit more with his character. Well, it's it's very naturalistic in the sense that, like, his, his loss of authority or his loss of agency from being, like, the high school heartthrob, mm-hmm. like, like you said, he's coming to grips with recognizing that all of that was bullshit, and then he almost gets, like, some... Affirm- he finds affirmation through his friendship with Robin and he recognizes this is the most authentic sense of like empowerment that I've had. So regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not like she's interested in me in a romantic way, I want to keep that friendship because like it's authentic, it's genuine, it's true or whatever. Um, and again, it's never like spelled out for us, but we see it like very organically throughout the show and throughout the overall series. And so, yeah, his... His arc, again, the way he's grown from, like, a side character to, like, a main character has been awesome. Um, what you all think of... One of the things I wanted to talk about also was uh, Jonathan and Nancy. What do you what do you, what do you think about, kind of, their tension and their plot lines? Um, 
I I think I it was know. the least interesting part, but I still enjoyed it for for the most part. Yeah, like I don't know if I was disinterested in it, but it's like a lot of the times I don't know why they're together, but I don't mind that they have scenes together and I did love that they had a working relationship and it, they had a lot of great scenes together. And it was an in- interesting take with the argument they have in the car where like she's talking about just how awful her life is with these misogynistic pigs at work and then he's talking like coming at it from a completely different angle of just like she still has in his eyes she has so privileged in comparison to him and it was just an interesting dynamic and it's like but why are they together but yeah, i think it, it also go i think it goes to show like you were saying john like this this at, like a generational divide in these relationships that it's kind of these two these two people like they have they have things they need to work through mm-hmm. but they are working through them as opposed to the the wheelers who are most certainly not and um billy and max's parents who are certainly not either and i think that's so like yeah. the two the two most genuine romantic relationships i think are or not, or not even romantic, but just between members of the opposite sex are between Steve and Robin and Nancy and Jonathan. I think with Nancy and Jonathan, like I could be misremembering stuff, but one of the problems with their relationship is just that we don't really get to see them just being themselves together. It's like, it kind of feels like they've just been brought together due to trauma. A lot of the times we don't get just get to see them having fun together so much as they're always working on something like yeah just I feel like dealing there's a, with something. That's true. I feel, I feel like yeah. there's a little bit of those moments when Nancy's being Nancy Drew, um, like mm-hmm. like when they also Which, first I, of all is not at all derogatory. Nancy Drew is awesome to be. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think every every sight gag of her bursting into the dark room and it being like, fancy. Like I thought that was great. Cause it just kept I still happening. I can't believe people don't know what a dark room is. Children. Oh man. Um, I do think, like you said though, Lauren, I do think the unexplored Avenue of like the potentially equal weight of like the, the misogyny of like the eighties versus like also like the class struggle. Like, like, they, no one really talks about necessarily, like, sort of the poverty of the Byers family or, like, the fact that they come from a one-parent, mm-hmm. like, working-class, like, background. And it's cool. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised had they not even ever fixed that hole in their wall from season one. <laughs> yeah, like, re- like, for sure. And so it's interesting that they kind of touch on that and they have that argument in the car, but slowly but surely, like the weight of like oh we're going up against this big interdimensional malevolent force again just kind of like sweeps it all to the side and be like well do you want we know that we're all like we're good people so maybe like we love each other like despite the struggles that we're going through the tension but yeah i really i liked that aspect of i think jonathan for a long time has been sort of this like outside character like operating like outside of the fold and then like they try to kind of there's that scene in season two where like he goes to the party and um and he feels <laughs> what he says like i'm going as someone who hates dressing up for costume parties or something like that which like he's very much this anti-establishment kind of like anti-society kind of character and so like seeing him 
first of all have this relationship with someone else is very like satisfying but then also affirm like but i still recognize how like on the margins i am and how much i have to fight for like getting my place and i i thought it was interesting and i hope we kind of see more of that but i don't know how that's going to happen with the wheelers moving away or not the wheelers excuse me the buyers moving away so yeah i'm definitely interested to see how they bring everyone back together yeah next season um also i've oh i completely forgot about this i should have said this back then apparently the revelation of robin being a lesbian was something that Maya Hawk was in talk with the Duffer Brothers, but they hadn't really decided on anything until they were like shooting episode four, and they're like, you know what? This really like, this really feels like this character is like a queer character, a queer, uh, a queer person, and so like they made that change like organically together, which I thought was cool. Um, what about uh? So we talked about the Scoops troop. We've talked a little bit about uh. Joyce and Hop, I guess. Uh, what do we think about their relationship? Um, I'll just reiterate that I did not appreciate how yelly Hopper was at her. <laughs> I, lo- I think I lo- overall, I still do love them together. I, I'm in the same boat, and I think that's probably the like the hardest hitting moment in the series is watching Joyce as she knows she has to she has to give up Hopper. To save everyone else and like that. Does she though? Well, <laughs> no, he's obviously gonna come back. Like, there's no way he won't. Is um, he though? We will see. And no, then if he doesn't, people will burn the house down. Yeah, we, if Steve dies and Hop doesn't come back, we, we riot. But I, and I mean, that, it's that moment and the moment where Eleven is reading his note. Just, oh my gosh those hit so oh. hard and it's just it's just it goes to show how much you care about these characters because mm-hmm. of how well it's written how well it's acted and it just and i will it, say really quickly just uh with another one of her boyfriends potentially dying that i did appreciate that they didn't like she was still in mourning over bob like, it wasn't just like, you know what happened last season? We're not thinking about it anymore. She's she still had time to like grieve for him. Yeah. Yeah. Although there needs to be a superhero Bob Newby and a superhero <laughs> Dave Hopper, Chief Chief Hopper. Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper? Is it yeah. Dennis? I, I thought it was Dennis. No, Dennis is an actor. Oh, that's right. Um, Yeah, Jim Hopper. Like, superheroes. Like, side by side. Um, <laughs> But it just, it it's so... God, it was done so well. I, I just, I, I fucking love this show. <laughs> um, what about we do? We we kind of alluded to it. Max and Elle, their their yeah. More I was definitely going to bring us back to Max because I feel like we didn't give her enough credit. You guys were kind of like talking that she wasn't the greatest character, but I loved her this season. Oh, like, Max, oh, Max, Max is awesome. Season two, I didn't think she was like okay. She was weird. Well, season three, her- she was awesome. Her scenes, starting with her scenes in, with Lucas, were some of my favorite. I wish we'd gotten more of those, but see, like the first episode with her and him together it was just nothing but like comedy gold, and I love those two together. And but her then I also just love so yeah, her amazing. eleven. I'm so happy that they scrapped their animosity towards each other, or I should say, Eleven's animosity towards Max from season two, and they're just like the best friends now. It was so it was just a nice dynamic to see, and I loved. I loved all of Max, like, giving her pointers, whether they are correct or incorrect. And I just loved that, like, 
they were using Eleven's powers to have fun. <laughs> it was just nice to see. see. Speaking of Eleven's powers, do we think those are gone for good? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they were because there's so much of like a Deus Ex, ex Machina just coming in all the time saving the day. <laughs> it would be nice to have them struggle. <laughs> One of my favorite moments from season two is when like everyone's in the cabin and they think the dogs are like closing in and then they hear oh, the noises just, on the outside. Everyone gets thrown yeah, through a window. <laughs> and then yeah. Eleven walks in and they all hug or whatever. And then Hop goes up to her and is like, where have you been? And she's like, where have you been? And then they hug anyway. And I'm yeah. just like, uh, this is the but, best father-daughter relationship. Like, just speaking to that, there were so many moments in this season where it's like something was happening and Eleven like pushes everyone back and steps forward and saves the day. And it'll be nice if they don't have that to work with every time something goes wrong in season four. And speaking of the Dave, or the Hopper and... Uh, I don't know why I keep saying Dave, but the the Hopper and uh, Eleven relationship. Um, I I think I sent it to Lauren. I don't think I sent it to you, John. But did you notice that Hopper has a... Uh, in the first season, he has a, a blue kind of bracelet on his arm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's his daughter's, like, her scrunchie. And then it was like a, it was a thinner thing than a scrunchie. Like, like maybe it was a, a hair, hair rubber band, yes, okay. yeah. But, but now Eleven has it, and that's yeah. just oh. yes, like I knew I knew Hopper had taken it from his daughter, but I didn't notice that he gave it to Eleven. So that was nice to see. Yeah, I think in more almost I guess we could say almost more so than any character. I think Millie Bobby Brown like going from like a character that barely talked to then like kind of talked and kind of interacted to now like finally feeling like she's like a regular person in society mm-hmm. or whatever or, like can hang out at a mall with Max. But I st- like I still appreciated the little moments where she's like she's still learning because she was basically kept in a cage with one word answers like she wasn't taught things basically <laughs> so there's just little moments where she was like talking to Mike on the phone and she's just like do you lie <laughs> it's just the way it was phrased was so amazing instead of like accusing him of just lying in the moment it was like such a indignant like I'm not mad just disappointed because I know your character now and you're a liar yeah and, <laughs> and speaking of that kind of like Michael or Mike having to lie and hide like the helicopter hopper is one of the best things in this show like he was but like why wouldn't Mike tell Eleven that that's what happened? I think like, he is actually, he afraid he that Hopper's gonna shoot him? Yeah, he was genuinely afraid for his life. <laughs> he, I, think. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Hopper is terrifying this season. He's beating up everyone. <laughs> like, how does he have a badge? Which we don't need to go into talking about people with badges being awful. But <laughs> oh, political commentary. But he does. There's definitely they make him they make him more of a brute this season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like him beating up the mayor. Oh he has moments. God, yeah. He has moments of like he has really good moments too of like not just physicality but also like he's good at his job. Like when mm-hmm. when they're like, "Why are you letting Alexi leave?" It's like he's he's gonna come back. He's not gonna see go. that annoyed Trust me though me. because 
It's like <laughs> Hopper doesn't always need to be right. It was one of these moments where I was kind of annoyed with it, but I was glad that Alexi wasn't leaving well, because I, think, I loved him. Well, I think he was wrong for a lot of stuff, but I, I do like the fact that it's like, oh no, he knows people though. Like he's no, still... but like he was so proud of himself in that moment that I was yeah. frustrated. Like okay. every, I will say everything he goes, like the way he goes about doing everything though, it's it's so without nuance and so like in your face and just brutish that's just like it it it's that that moment is the first moment where it seems like oh there is like some like talent that hopper has for his job as a detective or a chief of police he's not just this guy who like imposes his will on people through force he like he can play some mind game sort of um i'll never forgive him for disparaging ices though (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it does matter. Strawberry and cherry are very different. Um, we've but like, I, God, I just want to talk about Alexi all day because he's just adorable. And there's this scene where he's like running away from Joyce and Hopper in the forest, where he's like he's running towards a gas station or something, but he's like giggling along the way, and it was so childish that I like wanted to just protect him forever. Unfortunately, and so when he was. And, like, oh, his final moments were just so sad. Because he's like, oh, I get to live the American dream. This is great. And now I'm dead. Yeah, well, speaking of that. And that's, it's such a great way to, like, it, it, again, it shows how good at the, how good the show is at crafting characters you love. Because this is a guy who doesn't even speak English. And you go from barely knowing him to being devastated by his death. Mm-hmm. In the course of, what, ten episodes? Was this season only like eight episodes? I think it was eight episodes. Even less. Like, <laughs> and we didn't know him for all eight. Yeah, we knew him for like four. Or five oh, he was maybe? he was in the first one. Yeah, but um, we didn't like. He was a very like side character at that point. So I definitely yeah. didn't remember him in the first one. Then what? Do, what? Speaking of him, though, what do we think of Alexia as kind of like his? Like, it seems like there are so many pairings in Stranger Things that this like that they play off of. What do we think about his pairing with Murray, or just Murray overall this season? Murray, he's like he has this one trick pony thing of telling. I know they talk about it on I Have I Light, but it bothered me too at the time, where he's just like constantly telling people to just have sex and get it over with. It's like, shut up, dude. But to be fair, but overall, right. I do like he's, the character. He's been right on both counts so he far. He is right, but it was just pointing out, like, it felt like it was pointing out just flaws in the storytelling, which is why, again, I was just so upset about Robin until it turned out she wasn't trying to get with Steve. Like, okay, I forgive you. That would have actually been a great thing. Like, if he had met them before and be like, no, 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 it's not going to work. Trust me. Yeah, don't tell high schoolers to bone, you perv. <laughs> Uh, um, his his stuff with Alexi was great. Like mm-hmm. when they're in the car, um, uh, what was the he calls he called Hopper what Fat Rambo? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, I man, I his his outfit, that. his jorts, and a tank top. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember seeing those because like one of my friends always used to make fun of me because. I wear jorts and that's what we call them. But it's like, they're not like those guys calm down and they're, they're nice shorts. So shut your face. But it's like just seeing him wear those. It's like, okay, I get why I get why he makes fun of me sometimes. (laughs) But it was great. Like, I do like that character. I was definitely surprised to see him come back, but I was mostly just surprised in the sense. It's like, why is like, they're waiting for all this stuff to happen. Shouldn't he be like at home protecting 11 or something? 
but they're on this adventure together elsewhere. Um, is there anything else we haven't talked about with um, season three? I I will say I, did, I oh sorry I loved the ending. I loved that the way we took down the man flare was in this big explosion of fireworks and colors. Like I think it was a celebration of just that time and that genre of film or whatever. Um, and it's just like let's just let's just have all the colors, all the colors. Um, and all I you needed was just everyone walking away from explosions in slow motion. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It, it was so fun. It was so like vivid and like. Uh, I loved that scene where they come back with the uh, fireworks. Yeah, like the only other thing I can think of, just speaking of explosions. Was just how upset I was at all the rat, like rat deaths. It was like I don't need to keep seeing these things explode and fall into goop. It's super sad to see animals in pain. Yeah, I, I but I will say there is there is something, there is so many memorable, like you said, like very like terrifying like images as well. Mm-hmm. So like oh well, there is like when one of the I think it was just the one that was in the cage when it exploded and came down. It kind of. It was like it was almost forming a hand and like dragging itself along like you see in zombie movies or like Cousin It or whatever. Or the yeah. hand. Cousin It's the one with the hair. The hand's just whatever the hand. Yeah. But um, it was just so creepy. It, like I just, again, have to commend the people working on the like com- CGI in this season. Like that monster looked great. And as much as I hated watching the rats uh, explode, it's like just the boogery like coagulation monster was just so gross but done so well yeah it's a very like david cronenberg-esque kind of horror yeah we could it's kind of like you could say it's kind of like the thing in a yeah. sense well and then also with or the yeah. I- invasion of the body snatchers vibe too like the scene of them walking down the stairs uh in that uh steelworks or whatever and then it slowly exploding and being uh, assimilated into the mind flares like physical form i thought was also like oh, but just like invasion of the body snatchers like the scene with billy around the table with heather i think oh was yeah name, yeah her family it was just so creepy and done so well yeah it's like i i know i made jokes on twitter about how it, they were going for the obvious thing with the invasion of the body snatchers stuff and like russians are actually have infiltrated america but it's like, it was just done so well that I didn't care that it felt like they were like quote unquote ripping something off. Yeah. Oh, my one thing I want more of next season is Erica. She yeah, was, you could never go wrong with Erica. She was, she was great for what she, she was, got, but we didn't get as much of her as we did like some of like, the other supporting characters. Her whole just intellect and commentary on like our culture and just. I can't remember what else she talked about, but just like capitalism and random stuff. She was like when she was just getting or there at the scene around the table where they were trying to convince her to help them out. It was just such a great scene for her. And I'm so glad that she got to step up into a bigger role this season. And her discussion with Dustin about being a nerd was also amazing. Oh, my God. Yes. My Little Pony stuff. (laughs) It was so great. Priya Ferguson. That's her name. I felt bad that we didn't actually mention her name. but She was so good. I will say I did find her kind of annoying when like they they did like harp on like her innocence and her childishness of just like I have to like when they're trapped in the elevator and like she's like if I don't make it to my uncle so and so's like house tomorrow you all will have to pay and Steve's just like he's like super frustrated and just like well 
if you're stuck here because we're stuck in a Russian elevator and die, then you definitely won't. Like, I don't know. There were times where it was just like, I think they tried to play up like the like, oh, yeah, and she's a kid, though. And she like she's like probably the most unequipped to deal with this of everyone. And I was just like, uh, speaking of the elevator, this might just be my brain farting completely. But did we ever figure out other than acid what that green stuff was? The like it was Ninja Turtles did. Well, yeah, but like, did we actually ever see it? Like, was it? It wasn't like powering the machine or it, anything. So was it was, yeah. They, okay. that's what they were taking to plug in. But it also was kind of just like, well, what can we? How can we include a green ooze into this season <laughs> yes. that like eats away at the floor? And oh my God, had there just been like a stray turtle walking in that giant <laughs> tunnel, I would have been so happy. Yes. Um. That'll be next season's. Uh, hero. Or one of those rats managed to get to it or something. Who knows? Well, I mean, you know, they have to <laughs> avenge all those rat deaths. <laughs> or I love that, speaking of which, I love that scene where, like, Steve was, like, motioning Dustin to, like, like stand back and Dustin was like, no. And he was like, no, seriously. He's like, no. You die, I die. And Steve <laughs> is just, like, so taken aback by, like, the extent of their relationship, right? Like, So good. Yeah. That was one thing that kind of bummed me out about the season that no one was like, "Hey, where's Dustin?" <laughs> just Wanna, like they yeah. had their core group, oh. and it's just he wasn't there for a lot of it. But I'm glad he was with Steve and all them. But it was just a weird thing that it didn't. It's like this dude's one of your best friends. Why is no one like we should call Dustin or something? Also, one of the the low key like best moments in the season is just watching Robin's face. When Steve and Dustin see each other for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sometimes, I, I legit watch that scene over and over again sometimes because it's just so good. Yeah, um, like us just talking about this, I might have to go back and watch the season again right now. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, it was kind of, like, a shame that, like, both Dustin and Will kind of had their isolating moments where it seemed like they were almost, like, drifting away from the gang or whatever. Um, and whereas Will had, like, no outlet, um, Dustin at least could be like, well, let me go talk to Steve and see what Steve's, like, doing and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I kind of, I feel like I sympathize with Will a lot because I think it was maybe middle school where I kind of felt a lot like him just in the sense that my friends started to get more into, like, partying and stuff and I wasn't quite at the level. So, like they would eventually stop inviting me to things and whatnot. I just felt like the separation from the group that I felt the same as Will, and it made me very sad for a little while. Yeah. I think they can. I think they can offway that next season if they put him with with uh, Jonathan. I would actually love to see Jonathan, Nancy, and Will together. Yeah, well, I'm it, surprised him, Will, and Jonathan don't necessarily have more scenes together because they were they're they're stuff. Well, they were all first, separated. It's hard stuff to do, in their but. first season, which was very little but their moments together were so good yeah like jonathan was such a good big brother yeah i think and i think that would be because i think jonathan and nancy stuff like i said it's the weakest of the season far from bad but it's the weakest Mm -hmm. and i think it could be improved because and like you said will didn't really add too much to the group he was in Mm -hmm. so i think if they put him with nancy and jonathan i'd be i would be super excited well, I mean, right now, it's just him, like, Will, Jonathan, and Eleven are together right now. So it's like... I, That's I wanna, true. We need to, like, I just... It'll, I have, I'm stumbling because I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do next season to get the gang back together. Are we Are they, we positive there's a, uh, there's a new season? 
Has that been there, announced? There's no or? way. There's no yeah, way. There's planning, not. They they said they wanted to end with four seasons. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Like, I definitely the felt they it's had one of those shows. Or with the budget Sorry. they had for CGI, there's no way they're gonna like. Mm-hmm. Netflix knows what they have on their hands. They're gonna let them finish it. There's no yeah, reason. but there, it's definitely one of those shows where it's like at some point I hope, like they need to stop it before it just because it's already getting to the point where it's like, oh, this is the monster of the season. This is and we're getting the demi dog or demi gorgon back again, which we need to talk about that after credit scene and just oh, that's what a good we point, expect yeah. for next season. See, I didn't, I didn't put too much clout in it because I, I just thought they were putting like a a like a. A kind of like cool tease at the end i thought i truly thought this was the last season and it felt very like concluding <laughs> to me kind of like i mean the buyers are moving away um hopper is theoretically gone l doesn't have her powers anymore like i thought this was truly like the last season and so like when that happened at the end i was just like oh this is kind of like this is kind of like a cool like sort of like harp back to like remember the first season when this was the big bad and now russia has it and there's an american like, like i didn't what does that even mean because we have it where did they eventually were they able to open up a rift in russia now because that demigorgon should have died when they killed the main monster yeah i guess that's cut, a good point like cut yeah. off the world from like close the rift or whatever yeah so it's just I'm just curious to see what is happening now. It's like, how did they get Hopper if it he is the American they referenced? How did he get to Russia? Or in people, I know a lot of people are talking about how it might be Papa that's there and not. I could have um, sworn Papa died. I'm I'm a huge. I don't that remember. Papa I feel like he just disappeared from the no, season. He, he didn't die though. Like they said in season two, he's still alive. So mm. did yeah. I don't know. Like like I couldn't remember last. I think he was at the high school, and then I don't think we saw him die. I don't know. He got he got jumped on by the Demogorgon, but we don't actually okay. see like him bleed out or anything. And yeah, in the second in the episode eight, your favorite. Um, the guy they they find, eleven and eight that they capture, he's mm-hmm. the one who says that he's still alive. Okay, and that would be one thing that they might work in to be like, eleven actually has to team up with him to get her powers back or something, which I and don't it, want to happen. But but it could also be like, well, you're I saw you, I saw Hopper there, mm-hmm. and so then they do want to go back in and get him. It's like this time they go into the upside down. Or something, and they somehow travel across a super gross ocean to get to Russia and get Hopper back. <laughs> what was I? What? Oh, it was Titans. Like this show has the upside down. Titans had like the back side. It was like inverted stuff or something. It was really weird. It's like you're not Stranger Things, Titans. You stop it. <laughs> That was also, spoilers for Riverdale, one of the things that I hated about this past season of Riverdale was Riverdale went full, like, D&D, and I think, so they had this other game, though, called Griffins and Gargoyles, um, and I feel like with the resurgence of D&D, partly due to, like, things like Stranger Things or, like, Critical Role, like, they want to, like, do their own kind of commentary on it, and they had this thing with, like, how like the the game was getting like teenagers everywhere to like put themselves in compromising like situations and doing risky behaviors and it was sort of like a commentary on the whole like satanism like uh 
was it the satanism scare of D&D in like the mid 80s or whatever or 70s satanic panic yeah and I, it just wasn't done well um critical role they had a live show this weekend at gen con and they were all dressed up like goth for some reason like they like to dress up for their live shows and i i wasn't sure it's was like is this a reference to the satanic panic i like it either way but it was weird <laughs> i I'm just, I'm just reading this is very interesting so apparently the du- like in generation of this show so the duffer this is straight from wikipedia the duffer brothers prepared a script that would essentially be similar to the series actual pilot episode along with a 20-page pitch book to help shop the series around for network. They pitched the story to about 15 cable networks, all of which rejected the script on the basis that they felt a plot centered around children as leading characters would not work, asking them to make it a children's series or to drop the children and focus on Hopper's investigation into the paranormal. Well... (laughs) they're ruining the day yeah netflix netflix knows what's up (laughs) um i think are there any final thoughts about stranger things season three or predictions for stranger things season four um is the demigorgon a reference to alien four where they blend its cloning like aliens with human hybrids. Is it white slash pale because it's a human hybrid <laughs> and that's how it still survived? Could uh, be. Um, I mean, I what I would hope is uh, next season Eleven finds more of her siblings. So then we have this big, this big climactic showdown between like a full powered mind flare and like 11 superpower children i think that would be really cool yeah it's it's interesting to think about like whether or not that would be drawn back into the fold because uh what is it like we saw eight and we saw 11 so like where's one through seven slash uh, I, can't, I can't remember yeah. which number it is, but there's a comic going currently that might be six. I can't remember. I haven't oh, okay. read it, but they are still exploring other characters, like other children. So I mean, I think that'd be very cool. Like, yeah, they realize it's they, not garbage like that one episode. Yeah, I mean, just like they realize that like eleven is not enough to fight to fight this thing alone, so they have to get the others. I think that'd be very cool. And again, that's a reason to bring Papa back because he would, he would know who they are and maybe kind of where to find them. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I just want to say that I'm glad that Mr. Clark still shows up because I always liked him, <laughs> and that yeah, he he's yeah. a weird Al fan too. Makes so much sense. <laughs> um, hey guys, keep those curiosity doors open. And if Joyce wanted to date him, then that's her business, Hopper. <laughs> um, clearly she was just using him for his knowledge of electromagnetic fields. Yeah, but it was just nice because he's a very caring person who listens. <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for Stranger Things Season 3. Uh, for sure, go and... Watch it and maybe watch it again because it seems like that's what a lot of us want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Jonathan Rahul. 
you can uh, read my original review of Strangest Things Season 3 and its comparison to S Season 3 of Riverdale on our website, where you'll also find a lot of content. And that's at middleofrow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at middleofrow. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on uh, Letterboxd and Facebook, uh, Twitter at <laughs> the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. Yeah, you got thrown off because you went behind John and not Zach this time. Whoa! <laughs> you, or I'm Lord, I got thrown off too. I'm Lord <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Go watch Stranger Things. And I guess our next episode is technically... Hobbs and, Hobbs, and Hobbs and Shaw. So, yeah, I guess go watch that. Um, so either you have to edit this very quickly, John. or you just cut this section where we talk about what the next episode is. Exactly. Um, Although, you know John takes some time. You probably Or John. Zach takes some time. You probably have a week. <laughs> Potential. I don't know. Again, he busted out like seven episodes That's in the course true. of like two weeks, and it was so so incredible um go watch strange things season three and hobbs and shot and remember the best seats are in the middle of the row turn around look at what you see in her face the mirror of your dreams